The following audio was recorded by Gateway Church's student ministry program called 180. Gateway Student Ministry creates a come-as-you-are environment that leads to transformation and authentic faith. For more information about Gateway Student Ministry, visit gatewaychurch.com forward slash students. Can y'all take me seriously like this? Okay, let's try it. Well, hey, we're going to party so hard, it's not even funny. It's going to be so good. Let's get this over with, okay? So we're going through this series called Supernatural. This is the last week. Was it been good or is it weird? You like it? Okay. All right, well, hey, here's the thing. There's still time to submit your questions. We got them all in the app, and we're going to answer all of them um, by next Sunday. So they'll all be in your small question. You can scroll down. You'll see all your questions underneath it will be the answers to them. Uh, but we've been talking about just, like, s- cool stuff. So we're going to close it out, and I'm just going to do a quick recap over everything for those of you that haven't been here. Um, but then we're just going to finish it out with how it all ends, Okay. Because here's the most important thing. Um, Let's talk about it in a second. So we talked about the idea there's being two worlds, right? So there's a heavenly world and there's an earthly world. And then God decided to make heaven and earth overlap and it created this place called Eden, which is like paradise, right? It's a a piece of heaven on earth. And we were invited into this space, but we were tempted and lured away by the enemy. What's his name? You got it. Okay, so Satan ruins this for us, right? Destroys it. And so then we're back to separated realities. But God doesn't, a God that just kind of like quits. Like God just is fights and fights and fights for us. And so he makes a chance for us to have interaction with him um, through his son Jesus, which we're going to talk about in a second. And so in the midst of this separation, even though there is no more Eden, right? It's been destroyed in the flood. That God's desire for us is to have a relationship with him. And Satan is still against us as he's waging war against us in the spiritual realm. So we talked about how Satan is an angel, like the demons, who are like smaller angels, right? And they basically are plaguing the space that surrounds us constantly, trying to push us in the direction that is to focus on ourselves, to be selfish, to be sinful, to be self-absorbed. All the things that pull and drag attention away from God. Like that's, that's Satan's biggest goal. And we read in Ephesians 6, 10 through 12, it says this. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh or blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness and against the spiritual force of evil in the heavenly places. So what we basically said is, hey, we're at war right now in this very moment. In our minds, and our hearts, we are waging war. The question is, who are you waging war against? Are you waging war against Satan, or are you waging war against God? And this is, why I, I, this is why it's so important, because God is trying to get through to us, and he has made a way. The first, I want to make crystal clear tonight that what might be so familiar to some of you, but maybe not for all of you, that Jesus did, that God did make a way for us to have a relationship with him through his son. He sent Jesus, who was God in the human flesh, right? Fully God, fully man, 100% each. Doesn't even make sense. It's just so awesome, okay? Sent his son Jesus to live perfectly because we couldn't live perfectly. And then he died in the way that we should have died, paying for the sins that we owed God. And because of that, he defeated death because of of his his faithfulness to God and his uh, service on the cross. He died on the cross. He rose again on the third day, later proving who he was, that he was actually God, and that he actually had the power over death. 
And then he ascended to heaven, and now he sits at the right hand of God the Father. So Romans 3, 23 through 25 says this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forth as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. So here's the coolest thing, man. We were so broken. We were so messed up. We were never going to experience this again. And God said, no, I'm going to make a way. And so he came to earth in the form of man, lived perfectly, died to pay the sins that we deserved, rose again to actually prove that he knew what he was talking about, that he really was God. And now he offers us this free gift. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. We will do this. This is the coolest thing. And I don't know if you've done this before. Maybe you have. It's a great refresher, and I love doing it all the time. Is It's so easy to accept the gift of God. Like if you know, if you really do believe that we are at war right now, against an enemy who wants to destroy you, who wants nothing good for you, and God is reaching out his hand saying, here I am, I want to take you out of this mess. I want to free you from the sins that entangle you every day. All you need to do is believe in your heart and profess with your mouth. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Okay, so this is what's really cool. A lot of you already knew that. But what you didn't know is that's just part one of Jesus because he came, he lived, he died, he rose, and he ascended. And then he said, hey, I'm gonna come back. And this is where it gets really cool because what the Jewish people at the time, why they didn't always recognize Jesus, they thought that he would be some type of military warrior. They were being oppressed by the Romans who were trying to like take over and control them, trying to rip them off from their money and their land. And so they thought that there would be this Messiah that would come that would actually be a military force that would rectify all the wrongs that were being done to them physically. But what they didn't realize is that Jesus had a two-part mission. Once, to redeem us spiritually, to give us an opportunity to have a relationship with God again. But then he said, okay, I'm going to come back, and when I come back, I'm going to come back with vengeance. So this is the coolest part. This is what we're going to talk about tonight. Right now, we're in a waiting period, Okay. At any moment, at the drop of a hat, Jesus could come back. Trumpets would sound, he's coming back, game's over. He's, he, he's on his way. So we're in this waiting period right now where we are waging war against Satan as he rules and controls earth, the demons that we talked about last week. And we do this, this quick look at uh, Revelation. You can kind of see what Jesus has transfigured into. So remember, Jesus was this peaceful, loving, kind, gentle person. He still is those things. But there's the other side of Jesus that we see in Revelation when he comes back to, revenge, to kind of get vengeance on the earth. And so Revelation 1, 13 through 16 says this, And in the midst of the lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest, the hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like uh, burnished bronze, refined in the furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he had seven stars, and in his mouth 
became a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. So this sweet little Jesus now has like burning red eyes, white hair, and like bronze feet. Like this dude's coming back. He's got a sword coming out of his mouth. So when you see Jesus, that he comes back, he looks a little bit different. Because this Jesus is the one that's coming to end the war that we're fighting right now. He's the one who's coming back to say, enough is enough. Um, Let's bring it back to what it was. And so this is what's really, why I want to share some of this with you is because we can get so caught up in the idea of, of Satan and demons and angels. And even though we do need to be aware of them, we do need to learn about them, we don't need to be obsessed about them because they are such small caveats to the great plan that's ahead of us, the, break, the great things that are coming to us. So in the book of Revelation, we talk about this uh, Jesus who comes down to defeat Satan um, in his first coming, obviously, to deal with the spiritual punishment of Satan and now dealing with him eternally. Revelation 20.10 says, And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So there comes this end where after this long war that we're experiencing now finally ends and Satan gets thrown out of this temporary. So you know, we talk about like heaven and hell. These are temporary places that will be thrown into permanent places, okay? So hell is just temporary it becomes the lake of fire. And so hell is thrown into the lake of fire along with everything that's in it. And Satan himself is thrown into the lake of fire never to bother us again. And what's cool about this verse that talks about the idea, or not this verse, but the one that follows it is this idea that death itself is taken away and thrown away. So there's no more brokenness and there's no more suffering. Revelation 21.4 says, He will wipe away every tear from our eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And then what's the coolest part is this whole journey we've been through where God has a, step, a heaven and an earth, and he combines it, and then we break it, and he's like, man, I don't even, oh, there it is, okay. So then he says, okay, now we're going to do this all over again. Heaven is gone, earth is gone, we're going to create it new. And so he creates this new heaven and this new earth that's even better than it was before. Because this is what's so cool. The tree of life comes back. There's no more pain. There's no more suffering. There's no more death. The city from heaven, there's like this perfect city that falls down from heaven called the New Jerusalem that's filled with gold and jewels and jaspers and gems. And it's this beautiful scene. And the people of God there rule like they did originally in Eden, but in their full capacity because God now lives on earth with them. We read about this. Revelation 21, 1 through 3 says, Then I saw a a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first, first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her groom. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. So there's this beautiful picture of all this stuff kind of coming to an end with God creating a new heaven and a new earth that's even more perfect than it ever was before. And he makes it greater than it was before because now instead of God having a temple on earth where his presence would dwell, he doesn't have a temple anymore because his presence is everywhere. 
It permeates through everything that's created. It permeates through all of his people. We experience them. You know, it's funny. It even talks about this idea in Revelations 21 and 22. Uh, they're not even needing a sun because the light of the people shines so bright that they can see. They don't even need the sun of the skies. And this new perfect city comes down and gives them a place to exist. And all the things that were temporary or momentary or painful or broken or partial are all gone. And everything is brought to completion. There's no more Satan. There's no more demons. Everything is done. It's a really cool picture. And this is what we're coming. This is what is coming in some future day soon. Jesus says, like, I'm coming back and I'm coming back soon. The question is, are we ready? You know, the idea of us being at war is a very real thing. There's a spiritual war that's taking place around us every day, and we're a part of it. But it's us trying to determine where do I stand in the midst of that. When you think about heaven and the new heaven that's coming, we think about this curiosity about what will we do? What will, what will things be like? I actually like the earth. Like, will we, will we have to leave the earth? You have to remember when we went back to creation, we were always meant to be on the earth. We were created for the earth. But we broke this perfect paradise that we were created for, and God restores it once more. So we live on the earth in its full glory and its full beauty. And there's these, the tree of life that gives these 12 fruits throughout the year, and it's this beautiful picture of us being united with Christ that we have glory and future, and everything is perfect. So I know it's tempting when we talk about all these supernatural things, about the spiritual realm, about the power of Satan and demons through Ouija boards and through uh, palm readers and through spiritual mediators and all those things and how appealing and interesting they are. But the truth is none of that really matters in the end. Because in the end, all that matters is those of us that stand with the Lord in full glory, knowing that we have walked into his creation to enjoy his presence forever. So I want to leave us with this verse, then we'll party for the night as we kind of close out. Revelation 22 Verses 12 to 13 says this, Behold, I am coming again soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So in this crazy journey of spirituality that we talked about, God makes it all new again. And we already know, and Satan already knows, that his defeat is imminent. He will lose one day. So as we battle him today, know that this is just a battle because the war has already been won. All right, let's pray. God, thanks so much for your word. Thank you for teaching us about how you win, that you are glorified in all things. Then the areas that Satan may have tricked us to think that he's won, may you always remind us that you are the ultimate victor that in the areas of our life where we stumble into sin or we feel like we, we cave into weakness, would you remind us that you love us and that you forgive us and you want us to get right back up and get into the fight? Because of you, Jesus, we don't have to worry about the consequences of our sin anymore because you've taken the cost for us. So for those of us in this room that believe in that, that know and have a relationship with you, God, would you remind us of it in the moments we need it most? But God, for those of us in this room that maybe have never taken the step to determine that you are Lord of their life, would you make them so bold to make that decision tonight? Would they talk to their small group leader? Would they have a conversation about what it looks like to be a child of God? 
that they too may enter into this, this eternal reign, this new heaven and this new earth in perfect splendor. God, we love you. We give you tonight. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast from Gateway Students 180 program. Please subscribe to stay updated on our current series. If you have any questions or comments, shoot us an email at students at gatewaychurch.com.